Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is Friday, December 1st. Finally made it to the last month. This year really flew by, 2023. Careful, you're going to end up on Jimmy Kimmel. Am I? Yeah, because he does that whole thing where it's like, you know, people are surprised that it's the new month, but it's like, well, God. that's how the calendar works, you know? <laughs> God, you're right. <laughs> it's already December 1st. Uh, this is our 55th episode. This is our first episode of being live. So look at that. Live on YouTube for OAI, KABB. We're, we did our first remote podcast on Wednesday, and now we're doing our first live podcast today. We're really Man, you know, taking this down. in the right direction. Nice, dude. Look, look at that. Look at that. We got more people in the studio than we've ever had. We have Bob in here now, so that's nice. Say hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. <laughs> He's a Browns fan. We don't want to hear from him that much. So uh, let's go to this is our normal uh, Friday episode. We It's lucky, actually, that the Cowboys played last night. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Spurs played last night again. Uh, don't really want to talk about them, but we will. Um, and then we have some interesting CFP playoffs stuff to get into as well. But first, as always, let's start with the number game. Today is 55. So a lot of good linebacker numbers, as always, that there is in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrell Suggs, T-Sizzle, probably the, the best one that I could see, that I could think of. Of recent memory, sure. For yeah, sure. I think he comes up. Uh, me being a baseball guy, I saw you had listed down here the Bulldog, Oral Hirschheiser. So he comes to mind for me. I'm trying to think of any others of, you know, Bas- basketball, there should be a 55 in there somewhere, too. Dikembe Mutombo? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Lance Briggs is a good one. Since we did Erlacher on uh, Wednesday, 54, Lance Briggs, the other guy in that in that uh, second edition of the Monsters of the Midway yeah. down there. That's uh, a good one. Uh, trying to, I think he was on that. He helped them get to that Super Bowl with Rex Grossman that they lost to uh, Peyton in the, in the Colts, mm-hmm. I think, in know. Six, no, 07, I think. Yeah, 05, 06, 07, somewhere, so, in, there. somewhere in there. And then I uh, had to put it on there, Junior Seau. Junior Seau, one of the best, uh, RIP to him, one of the best linebackers ever probably in his Chargers and then ended up, I think, winning a Super Bowl with the Patriots. No, 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 it, did he lose that page? Patriots Super Bowl in 07, I think. I don't remember. I just recall him in the old Navy blue Chargers yeah. uniform. Those those were great. They brought those back on Sunday night. Uh, against... But it was kind of color rush. The pants yeah. were the pants were a little much. Yeah, the pants. They used to wear the either the white pants or yellow pants. Yeah. And this one was like all Navy blue. Yeah, that was too much. It didn't help their offense or their defense either. <laughs> so <laughs> they should just keep going with the powder blues. At least they lose in style. There you uh, go. So let's get to the rundown. Obviously, let's start with Cowboys. So Cowboys won 41. 35 last night it was um off script as to what night games usually are night games this year at least have been just like defensive battles all going under the point total this one went over the point total i think for the game in the first half al uh, michaels had to be pleased yeah he, yeah, I mean, he actually had something exciting to call yeah people are, people have been roasting <laughs> al michaels all year and uh finally he, people were giving him kind of some credit last night for 
because there was just so many flags and he was just calling out all the officials all yeah. night. <laughs> so uh, they they won by six. It was not a pretty game. Um, no. Especially watching because of the flags. I think there was 19 total accepted penalties last night. Flag fest. Yeah, they were rivaling the... Um, they were rivaling the record for most penalty yardage in a game last night, and it was just – it was a drag. But as far as the major takeaways, I've been saying for weeks that um, the Cowboys – I'm not learning anything new every week because they've just been playing bad teams, and they've mm-hmm. been killing bad teams like they should. I feel like last night it was the first time this season that the defense has played badly and the offense has picked them up considerably like the off i said earlier on this this year on the podcast that like the cowboys are a team that their defense can't have a bad day mm-hmm. because the offense wasn't good enough i that's not true anymore the the cowboys offense might be the best in the league just look at the point totals they've been putting up yeah. over the past month i mean the dak and the offense are clicking the dak and cd connection is just you know all world right now yeah. so appreciate that on my fantasy teams um yeah, I'm I'm with the you know it was a weird game. I mean, what I the graphic said last night like 232 yards, no punts. Like when when has that ever Fifth happened? Game in NFL <laughs> history with no punts. First game since 2021, the Eagles versus Kansas City Chiefs. So there you go. Um, you know it's a weird game, and and I hear you. Yeah, they haven't played anybody. Of course, everybody's expecting. Oh, the Cowboys are at home. They're going to blow the doors off them. Well. The, Seattle's a team that is on the cusp of being a playoff team. They're in the mix. I think they will make the playoffs at some point. Now, they've got a really tough stretch coming up where, what, they're facing like the 49ers I, again, I think, and then also the Eagles or, or something. They've, they've got they two. Don't, the, the, the Cowboys don't play the Niners. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm talking about the Seahawks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, they're getting a visit from Philly here soon, so yeah. it's like you're going to be facing – you could be staring down the barrel of a five-game losing streak for Seattle. The Seahawks are screwed. So, anyway – but that aside, I mean, it. of course, everybody's expecting a blow-off. It didn't happen, but I think the big takeaway for me, at least, is, you know what, the offense and defense made the plays they needed to. The play to end the game where Micah Parsons just got a free run, that was probably the most puzzling. I know it was the play that they I, called, yeah, was and it was, it was designed to do that, but it's just like, man, when Micah Parsons lines up on that side where it's like, yeah, we're going to let that guy go, well, good luck. I, I mean, don't really understand how you call that in that situation. Like, you're just going to give the a top three defender in the league a free run at the quarterback? Sure. Like, you want a one-on-one matchup, I get it. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just... I would I would run something else. But who's to say that Micah Parsons maybe wasn't supposed to line up on the other side of the formation on that play with the defense that they call or something like that? It just yeah. so happens he was on that side where it's like, hey, we got to let that guy go because that's the play design. Uh, it you know wacky game, but look this this team is tired. Three games in twelve days. You went three and zero during that stretch. The Cowboys did what they needed to do, and I know it's like, yeah, they haven't played a team above five hundred. Well, they did last night. They got the win. Now, during these next four games, we're really going to find out if Dak and the Cowboys are for real. Yeah, I don't know uh, how the stat goes, like because they played a team with a winning record and they beat a team that had a winning record. And now the team doesn't have a winning record anymore, so I don't know how that goes with the, like the statistic and all that stuff. But you're, as far as the the Seahawks schedule, just to put a bow on that, you're right. They do play. Uh, they're at the Niners, then they're home to the Eagles, then they have Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. So they they have a tough next two games. Yeah. And 
uh, hopefully can win the next three. I mean, if you're a Seahawks fan, even though the Steelers have a really good record as well. But. And, and going back to that 500 team point, you know, where you, uh, play a good team, right? Well, Pete Carroll, I, this, I heard a stat today where it's like Pete Carroll, when, it, when his team scores 35 points or more, they're like 30, 16 and 0 or something. 36 and 0. 36 and 0. What a, I beg your pardon. So it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's pretty good when you can do that against a, a Pete Carroll coach team. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, it, it was the it was the most impressive showing offensively that I've seen from mm-hmm. the Cowboys all year. They didn't punt at all. No, neither team did. They scored on every possession in the first half. I think they scored on every possession except for one in the second half. They went for fourth. They went on fourth down uh, early in the fourth quarter. It was around. The, it was around the four minute mark. Yeah, and, and that's where. The momentum seemed to be... hmm. It did, and you give Dak a short field, of course, he's still got to go drive the ball down and score, which they did, but of course, a lot of people, of course, hindsight now are going, well, why don't you make him go 90, 87 yards and make him drive the full field or something? I mean, you can second-guess it, you know, 10 ways to Sunday, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was was an interesting call from from McCarthy. Um, I just... My main takeaways were that the Cowboys look better and that I fully expect them to win next week. I fully expect them to be beat Philly next week coming off 10 days rest. Philly is, it's going to be their fifth game in out of five that they're playing a team, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Um, but they've been winning too. And they've been winning a lot of games. They're going to show a lot this weekend when they play the Niners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should have been a Sunday. That's going to fo- be saucy. That should have been a Sunday night football game. I don't know why that's in the afternoon, but you know, schedule- still get a lot of eyeballs on it. Oh, for sure. It'll be, it's the game of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I fully expect the Niners to win that game. I think the Phillies or the Eagles lose their next two. Um, but and if that's the case, then the Cowboys are first place. Yeah, but the Eagles have a really easy record. Sure, easy down the stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so I fully expect the Cowboys to win next week because of how good this team is and how well they play at home. Mm-hmm. They're they're un- almost unbeatable at home. Yeah. But I was really, really unimpressed with the defense last night. I mean, they've obviously sure. showed their playmaking ability all year. We were just talking before we started recording here and hopped on live. Uh, by the way, if anyone has comments, questions, or anything like that, send them into the chat. Uh, our our maestro over there, Bob, will uh, open up his mic and read them out to us and so we can answer viewer questions live. So uh, that being said, Deron Bland was six for uh, – when targeted in the first half – Seattle was six for seven, 136 yards, and I think a touchdown or two touchdowns in the first half. It was a really, really ugly game for Deron Bland, and I think he's probably happy, and the Cowboys are probably happy that the November Defensive Player of the Month award was awarded, not including right. this game, yeah, because yeah. he probably wouldn't have gotten it if it was. <laughs> well, when you set an NFL record, I think that kind of goes without. But yeah, yeah. Well, and he and, got another pick last night in the second half. Yeah, so. he did. I mean, he responded and. That's that's what you want. Jerry Jones after the game was just like, look, yeah, you're going to face adversity, and I'm proud of him to, yeah, he had a bad game, but you know what? He still made plays when we needed him to, and he did. Uh, welcome to life in the NFL. I mean, sure, everybody's saying he's stepped up for Trayvon Diggs, and he has, but, you know, the, keep in mind, too, this guy's a fifth-round pick. You know, he, he's he got great ball skills. What, I don't know how many interceptions he's up to now. He had eight. five what in his – He's up he had, to eight now this year. Okay, and eight this year, so what, 13 altogether now between his first two seasons? Like that. He could have had another one last night, too. Yeah, it's he a good did. Thing he didn't to take end it the off game. because it, it 
kind of, uh, I think it was their second to last possession, the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. It was probably a good thing they didn't pick it off because it gave them more field position. It was on fourth down, so they turned it over on downs anyway. Right. But he dropped that fourth down uh, pick that could have been his ninth interception of the. Of the but even season. even the guys in the Hall of Fame who who played cornerback, you know, they got burned a couple times too, right? right. You know, it's you're not going to lock down every guy as as much as people want you to think that you are and going to do that and. Uh, Look, I think also, too, the psychology of it, you know, Seattle's coming in there, kind of backs up against the wall a little bit. They need that win to kind of stay in their division race. It didn't happen. So they were going to kind of pull out all the stops, I think, a little bit. And going up against DK Metcalf, I mean, shoot, the guy can still do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think we'll have plenty of time to kind of prognosticate next week and and talk about the Cowboys' remaining schedule, just pulling it up real quick. I mean, they they have a murderer's row coming up as well. I mean, they... Have the Eagles next week at home on Sunday night football, and then they're at the Bills, they're at the Dolphins, they're home to the Lions. That's three teams that are in playoff consideration or at the top of their division right there. And then you have the Commanders to close out the game or close out the year. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. What I did want to talk about today, though, is is it wild to say that Dak Prescott is should be an MVP favorite right now? I, favorite, I don't know. In the mix of the of being a candidate, I don't think it's crazy at all. Um, the way he's played the past month and a half, he's for sure a candidate. Now, again, you just mentioned the schedule. What he does over these next four games is going to go a long way into whether he is a legit candidate or not. Um, I mean, if if Philadelphia ends up winning the NFC East and getting that top seed, how can you not give him the MVP? Yeah, I mean, I could right now it's Jalen Hurts is first, um, Patrick Mahomes is second, and then. Uh, Dak is third in the in terms of the odds to win MVP. These next two weeks are going to might flip those. I think Dak in two weeks could be the favorite to win the award just because I expect the Eagles to lose this weekend and I expect them to lose uh, against the Cowboys in Jerry World. So, I mean, you could see you could legitimately see Dak Prescott be the favorite for MVP with four four or three games remaining on the schedule, and that's not abnormal. That's not like outlandish to say. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the best I've ever seen Dak play. The, yeah. Besides this, it was probably his rookie season that he was the best football of his career, or that season before he broke his ankle. Yeah, you maybe. Know, where, so, um, but he's he is in a zone right now. He yeah. and CD are in lockstep. They've completely dismissed using Michael Gallup now, which is probably <laughs> a good thing because he's hasn't made plays all year. They've almost taken him off the field completely and have gone to Jalen Tolbert and Kevontae Turpin and and all the rest of the guys. Uh, and Brandon Cooks is now showing up pretty big. Um, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson. Yeah, Jake Ferguson. Getting into it a lot with Jamal Adams last night. I, I like the way he plays. And, and Jerry Jones even, too, after the game was, like, quick to point him out. You know, the first thing he said was, you know, 87. Oh, I really like, you know, yeah. it's just kind of like, wow. <laughs> you know. Wait, what was that Jerry impression you did? Uh, I, I, that's all I got. I can't do anymore. But I liked what, what Dak said after the game. And I, I'm going to paraphrase. And he said, you guys can keep talking. I have the pen. I have the paper. I'm yeah. writing the script here. It was a hell didn't, of a line. Didn't you feel like he had that one ready? Oh, that, yeah. that one was in the holster ready to go. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he prepared that weeks in advance just to be able to answer that one he was, question. He was crafting that yeah, one. Yeah, no one comes up with that off the top of their head. No one. Dak, Dak can, I think. I mean, Dak, Dak's a smart guy. He he likes to have fun. I mean, I was cracking up listening to him, too, because they go around the room, right? You know, and they're, okay, you, you, and, okay, this affiliate, you ask the question next, and, you know, Okay, next question, and they go to one guy, well, 
two questions. <laughs> and the whole room just busts out laughing. They, they were having fun last night. Well, the guys in that room, Clarence and, and Todd Archer and all those guys, they've been doing it for so long. Oh, so yeah. They just they, they know those guys. They know them so well. I mean, I, I it's every single press conference McCarthy has. He's like, Clarence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a lot of fun. But anyway, it was, it was a really impressive win last night, I thought. Um I'm really underwhelmed by the defense, but like I said, we'll we'll end up finding out exactly who the Cowboys are over the next four games. Yeah. If they're going to get the home field, if they're going to win a lot of games, and um, if they're going to be a re- forced to be reckoned with in the playoffs. If they keep playing, if the offense keeps clicking the way they are right now, I don't see anyone they can't beat. No, I agree with you. I mean, again, it, we we kind of both said it now. This these next four games, we find out if Dax for real and can really get in that MVP. If you know, you sweep that slate or you go three and one i think he's the front runner he's got they've got to beat someone big on the road is what they've got to do Mm -hmm. they've got to beat um whether it's the lions whether it's the dolphins whether it's the bills they've got to win one of those games on the road so um we can sorry this thing's going on uh (laughs) i have a small attention span um so they can, so we can really say like they're a legitimate contender. They have mm-hmm. to win one of those games. Yeah. Let's get to the Spurs. Uh, so the Spurs lose again, uh, thirteen in a row now. Hold on. Got a question for you. Oh, here we go. Open Bob's mic up. Your uh, question. Raul Vela Jr. Uh, wants to know. I'm a huge Cowboys fan, but I don't think uh, Dak is a candidate for MVP yet. These next couple of games will define where we stand. Yeah, I mean, I okay, think maybe not a question, but a but, comment. But no, yeah. I think we completely agree. Uh, and thank you for sending in the responses. It, the, the next the next four games will define the season for um, for the Cowboys. You have the murderers row of the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Eagles to start it all out with. The next four games will define exactly where they are in the playoffs, how good they are, and we'll be able to, we'll have a whole better scope. If especially if they beat the Dolphins in Miami, yeah, like I think we're in agreement with Raul. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, maybe not a. There's been a lot of attention, national attention, that Dak's been getting. I'm sure some people are still on the fence, which is hard to believe the way Dak's been playing uh, over this past month and a half. But, you know, I think, too, he's he is really confident right now. And, and just <laughs> the, the way that he and, and Mike McCarthy are, are kind of coupling together, um, just the play calling and the belief in the calls and everything and how stuff is set up and everything. I mean, there was a play where Dak threw to CD in the end zone. It was triple coverage. And it hit him in the hands. Yeah. Well, and, but he was asked about that and you know, he's just like, yeah, no, I'm still confident to make that throw. That, that is the kind of level of belief where it's just like, yeah, if, if you're that confident throwing into triple coverage that your guy's going to come down with the ball, that's what you want going into these that confidence level going into these next four games. The crazy thing is that thing got through triple yeah, coverage it and, did. Hit, and hit CD in the hands, and CD will tell you you should have caught that sure, ball. Sure, yeah. It it looks. I mean, when you watch it, it's like ooh, sketchy throw. But when you go back and hey, you know, thread the needle, man. Yeah. Bob, any other questions before we move on, Spurs? Sweet. All right, let's get on to the Spurs. So they lose their 13th in a row. It's their worst start since 1996 when, ironically, Greg Popovich came down from the booth and fired the head coach and made himself the head coach. So um, that's something. Uh, you can take from that what you will. But at this point, you're 3-15. and 15. You haven't won a game since that really impressive two-game stretch in Phoenix to start off the year. It's a month. At, at what point is enough enough? Like they keep preaching patience, and I and I get it. Like we want to be patient with such a young team, but even last year when they didn't have Wemby, they weren't this bad. They cannot play defense at all. I said right here on this on these on this podcast when they announced their starting lineup, 
that there's nobody they can't defend, I was so wrong. There's nobody that they can defend. Mm -hmm. They are horrible defensively. They allowed 137 points to the Hawks last night. And the Hawks will put up a lot of points on anybody, So I, and I get it. Yeah. But when you score 135, you should win a game. Sure. And you scored 135, and you lost still for your 13th in a row. It's abysmal, their defense. Yeah, it is. And, you know, they started off nice offensively. You like to see that. It's It's just you know, rotation defense or something like that. I mean, and I, it's tough to say, you know, basketball is, is I'm going to say not my forte, but there's, yeah, there's certain rotations sometimes where it's just kind of like, Oh, where, where's the help or something like, even I can kind of see that yeah. a little bit, but uh, you wonder too, is it, is it a product of they're young guys and they feel like they can defend the whole floor and, Oh, well, I need to help out and everybody's crashing in. Well, of course that leaves two or three guys open with wide open looks that happened. I think a couple of times last night, it's, you know, yeah, you're wondering when it's going to click and, you know, I'm sure it's bound to, I mean, and, and to keep, kind of keep it in perspective, yes, it is a historically bad start, you know, ho however long it is since 1996, but, you know, a little perspective too. these, you know, this team lost, what was it? 16 games last year. So it's like we're we're Yay, we're not there yet. Yeah, we're we're getting close, but I mean it's just kind of like last year they didn't have the hope that they have now though. That's true. The thing. Like we all came into the season looking at the Vegas win total as twenty eight and a half and being like that's way too low. Right. What are we talking about? They can win forty games. They're almost at twenty losses now, and they're twenty five games into the season. Like it's yeah. It's horrendous how badly they're playing. And meanwhile, Wemby offensively is playing well. His development seems to be going well. He's out tonight. Uh, they've already announced against uh, the Pelicans, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you can so, kind of see that one coming a little bit. Yeah, just... I mean, second night of a back-to-back. -back, he was already on the injury report last yesterday. He ended up playing yesterday, played well. Right. But, you could, yeah, you could see that one coming a mile away, that he wasn't going to play tonight. But right. still, it's like he's leading, I think, in point, points per game, rebounds per game, blocks per game, steals per game as, an, as a rookie, uh, among all rookies. But they're so bad. Yeah, it's it's just a well, and of course you can get that great performance, and you know what you're going to get in Wimby, but of course it takes four other guys. So we'll but just I, see what happens here. So yeah, let's turn up, turn up Bob here. So we got a question that came in from uh, Bob Gambert. Um, <laughs> so I mean, we, what, why are we not talking about the Browns? Well, a yes, <laughs> but also um, like the obvious thing is, is this pops is this pops responsibility? And should people start talking about, do we need another coach? Um, I'll say no, because the same reason that I would say no if the Patriots, about the Patriots, and like why they should never get rid of Bill Belichick. If you win five championships, you can just be the coach for life, because that's more than anybody will win. Mm -hmm. That's more than anybody else like has won in their tenure. So, uh, except for like Red Arbach and, you know, other coaches like that. But still, it's like, you've earned the lifetime contract, in my opinion. They could lose. They've lost, what, 20 games or 60 games for the last three years in a row, and nobody's talking about He got a new contract this year. He's not going anywhere until he wants to go somewhere. It does beg the question, when does the fans' patience run out? Because I think we all came into this season expecting better and expecting at least a modicum of, of improvement, and they seem to have cratered. So I think that's a problem. Sure. I'm hearing it. Like, I... I I, I I go out maybe watch a Browns game or two. At, uh, I don't know why you would do that. Wait, and, what was the score this past weekend? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, what? damn! Um, <laughs> but like Broncos, Broncos you know, twenty nine twelve. When you start talking about the Browns, it 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 that's exactly what it turns to is is it time? Yeah, but you look at 
organizations like the Spurs, the Patriots, the ones with histories of of winning and not to disparage the Browns, there just isn't that history there. Um, or fifties. I mean, <laughs> back when my parents weren't born. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you look at you look at teams like that, and it's like when you when you win five championships and you're the Spurs and you have this championship pedigree the fans have a reasonable expectation that you're going to compete all the time. And when you don't, the patience runs out. But I think when you have pop and you have that, that one common denominator of someone who has, was there for all the championships knows how to do this, obviously has won at the highest level for 25, 30 years, you have to give them a little bit of leeway. I think the leeway is getting a little bit less now um, because you expect some sort of improvement. Yeah, but they have the rest of the season figured out. They do, and I, yeah, Pop, I, I think still has plenty of rope on his leash. Yeah, um, he's not. Going I think. Anywhere. I think also too, it's just, it's the product of the NBA too. I mean, what what do people do? It's like nobody's going down to the paint anymore. Everybody stops at the three point line, and it's jacking threes. You know, that's we have Steph Curry to thank for that. I think, and so, <laughs> Thanks, I mean, Steph. you know. It 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 comes around, and I think eventually it it's going to take somebody. Maybe not pop. Maybe it's a you know veteran player or something like that. But who who will that be to you know really kind of snap and and you know chew chew some butt a little bit and and get into people, dig into people, and and say hey here's here's your role and this is what you need to do and this is the expectation. We're not putting up with it anymore. I'm also I'm to that point though. I am a little unimpressed is not the right word, but I'm a little um, put off by how the players and everyone are in the media this year because I'm a, I'm a no participation trophy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And every single game is, we're getting a little better. We only lost by 10 this time. We, right. we were really close in the fourth quarter. I don't care, dude. Sure. Like just win the freaking game, yeah. win, win a game. Yeah. I, I hate when pop comes to like, yeah, I really liked their effort today. I really liked this, that Wemby did. I, I knew we didn't really play great defense, but I love this possession. It's like, yeah. I just want you to win a game. Yeah. That's all. I, that's how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob, get on the questions and move on to the next topic. Sweet. Uh, so let's get to the CFP playoffs. Who's in? Who's out? Let's uh, let's just put our put our uh, Nostradamus hats on, <laughs> our rainmakers, our our crystal balls, and we will tell you unequivocally who is going to be in and who's going to be out Sunday night. And when we're wrong, um, burn the tape. Yeah, there we uh, go. So tonight is the first matchup. Uh, and we're just going to talk about the you know Last the, Pac-12 the key game. ones. I know I'm really sad actually as an Arizona State fan. My sister went to US. <laughs> my sister went to USC. I'm a whole Pac-12 guy, and so I'm actually really upset that this is the last Pac-12 game. Unless they announced that they were going to merge with the Mountain West, which, which they could. But anyway, uh, first game tonight is Washington Oregon. Oregon's a nine point favorite considerably. Um, Washington beat Oregon this year by three. Give me who wins tonight. Ooh, man, this is this is pick him. I mean, toss ups. Oregon's favored. Oregon's um, favored by nine, and it's They're tough. Yeah, that's huge favorites. That's big. Um, you know, I really think Michael Penix will. It's it's a battle of two Heisman contenders, Penix, Bo Nix. But I think Penix maybe does just enough to out out edge Nix there in this game. So that that would get Washington in and everything, and and the. You know, if if he doesn't turn the ball over and throws for five touchdowns or something like that, I mean, give him the Heisman right now. Yeah, I think the winner of tonight's game, if it's considerable, between um, whoever between wins the this two game, of them wins the Heisman yeah. as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think, as lo- much as I love Jaden Daniels, former uh, 
former Arizona State Sun Devil. Yeah, um, that's right. I love Jaden. He's a really nice guy. He's a really good kid. I he's not a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh-huh. You can't you can't win the Heisman when you have, you're on a three loss team unless you're RG three or Tim Tebow, right. which are the only other two to do it. So um, I think that Oregon wins tonight. I think Bo Nix wins the Heisman, and I think Oregon makes it into the playoffs. So we're split on that. We're split on that. So our our four at the end of this is going to be a little different. Okay. Uh, Alabama Georgia. Mm. Actually, let's go to Texas first. Texas Oklahoma State because they play. Let's go chronologically. So okay. Texas Oklahoma State. I fully expect Texas to mop the floor with them tomorrow. I think so too. I think uh, they win by not, thirty. Not having Xavier Worthy. I mean, I don't know what his status is. It sent, it didn't look good when he left that Tech game, but uh, they've Texas has lost some guys, but of course they've got plenty. I mean, C.J. Baxter, you know, stepping in has been has been good. So I think. Texas finishes the job. They they leave the Big Twelve with with their fourth Big Twelve championship trophy in hand. Doesn't come close to the guys who lead the pack in that conference, but we'll kind of uh, move on from that. I think Texas does everything. They they put it all together against Tech. They'll do it again against Oklahoma State uh, because Oklahoma State they're just that Jekyll and Hyde team. It's just you don't know which one's going to show up. Yeah, you can't run the ball against Texas, and Oklahoma State loves to run the ball. And they got so, Ollie Gordon. And I so, mean, yeah, and I think that if Texas shuts down Ollie Gordon and that uh, running game, that Oklahoma State's going to go into their own shell. They're, I think, 100 and, 119th or 130th. I was looking at it earlier at EPA per play, which is basically efficiency per play. Um, they're really bad through the air. Mm-hmm. And so if they can't get that run game going, they're, they're completely screwed. Mm-hmm. And so I could see um, this being a lot to a little uh, tomorrow and I in Texas really needs it to be a lot to a little to make their case as the seventh te- ranked team in the country they need to make their case and win considerably tomorrow against Oklahoma State I hear you on that yeah and I just think Gundy somehow finds a way to keep it close like he always does so you have a close game I have a I have a Texas blowout mm-hmm. so that's an, another, we're, both, another, we're, both, we're both taking Texas but that could be a key difference because yeah. because of the style points mm-hmm. so then you have Alabama Georgia flip a coin yeah <laughs> it really is flip a coin this, uh, but this is where everything gets chaotic, is Alabama and Georgia. They yeah. play at 2 o'clock our time. Uh, no, sorry, 3 o'clock. 2 o'clock? Three to, anyway, so it's tomorrow afternoon. Um, that's the key to everybody. Mm-hmm. If Alabama wins that game, it opens the door, in my opinion, for, um, for Texas. For Al- It opens the door for them. It mm-hmm. opens the door to take Georgia out, de- mm-hmm. depending on the score. Mm-hmm. opens the bo- door for Texas. Um, even though I think Texas has a chance no matter which one is in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it opens the door for Florida State even to make it, even if they lose a close one to Louisville, I think. So I think that's just the, that's the key. So who wins that game tomorrow and by how much? They're, Georgia is favored by five and a half. I think this is this is kind of the game where uh, Saban, you know, just pushes the right buttons. You know, he's, he's not the big rah-rah guy or anything, but I think he just gets his team ready – because of that, you know, it's like he's been so many. He's ten and one in SEC championship games. <laughs> Is that good? I mean, <laughs> come on. So seems and, good. And and a little bit too. I I think you know, Georgia's won twenty nine straight, longest active winning streak in the country. Uh, I think that kind of comes to an end. So I think Saban gets the job done once again. Close one. Uh, it'll be close. So field goal, touchdown game, one possession, probably somewhere in that range for four to six point game. I'll put it. I think Georgia's going to win that game by a field goal, okay. um, which would eliminate Alabama in my. Opinion. Oh yeah. You, mm-hmm. If you're a two-loss team, you're not getting in. No. Uh, 
I think, real quickly, Florida State, Louisville. I think Louisville's going to win the game. Uh, they are coming off a loss last week to Kentucky. They have a really bad taste in their mouth. They want to win this game. Rodemaker, Rodemaker or Rodemaker for Florida State. Um, he's played well. They did not play well against Florida last week. Florida almost beat them in that rivalry game, which would have eliminated them from, from the playoff. Uh, and Florida's not a good team. Mm -hmm. So I think Louisville gives them their best shot. I think Louisville wins that game against Florida State. And then real quickly, Iowa fans, sorry, you won't <laughs> you might not score in the game like they they are so bad on offense I, it looks like the it looks like matt canada is on the team uh coaching offense. that has like the making is of like what a 23 to 6 game or something like that right has, you know? uh, well so, okay so the, so michigan's michigan is favored by 22 and a half points the over under is 35 which means that which means that the they want game, which wow. means that they think that the total or the um the uh, score is going to be they, meaning Vegas, is going to be twenty nine to six, yeah, or somewhere around there. Yeah. The over under the team total for Iowa is six and a half. Will they score a touchdown? Is basically what they're asking. I think they'll score a late touchdown, <laughs> a a give up touchdown there from from the Wolverines. They'll get so, the cover play. Yeah. This is. I mean, if we were playing the NCAA football game, this is one of those games where it's almost you just. It, it's like let's simulate it and let's move on to the next one because we kind of already know the result of mm -hmm. that game. Yeah. Exactly. Let's uh, just send to the end. I've got Michigan. I'm going to take Florida State in the Florida State Louisville matchup. You and I are against each other in a lot. Well, of Well, I mean, I I just think you know I. You know, everybody's kind of like, uh, we don't want Florida State in because they don't have their quarterback. Well, it's like, well, are you going to really keep out an undefeated team? I think somehow Florida State finds a way. Mike Norvell gets it gets it done. Okay, let me ask you this. If Florida State wins close in your scenario, you would have Washington win, you would have Bama win, you would have Michigan win, and you would have Texas win. Mm -hmm. So you would have Michigan would clearly make it. Michigan's, Washington Michigan's would clearly, probably your, your one. Washington would clearly make it. Mm-hmm. Does Florida State get in if they win? Yes. Okay, then who goes in, Alabama or Texas? I would put in Alabama. So you would leave Texas out. You would have Alabama jump Texas despite the head-to-head -head because of that win against Georgia is how you think this is going to end. No, I'm okay. Well, <laughs> See, because if Texas wins close, and, that, like and this and this State, and this is what makes it fun, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, so if Texas wins close against Oklahoma State, like you said, you think that that's what's going to happen. The spread is sixteen and a half, but you think that it'll be closer than that. If it's close like that, then I think Alabama then, jumps them. Well, maybe, and then you have a situation where it's like you <laughs> what about get, Ohio State? Georgia gets into no Ohio State's not making it. I, no matter what happens, I don't think Ohio State's okay. making it unless there's like absolute chaos where. All the lower-ranked teams win. Okay, so for you, Michigan is one. Washington is two. Mm -hmm. You have Florida State that would probably jump up to three. Mm -hmm. Who gets that fourth spot? Who gets the fourth spot? Georgia, Bama, or Texas? If it's close, Georgia. If it's, Really? Yeah. Even though they lose? Yeah. Huh. Okay. So your fourth spot, you would drop basically drop Georgia down to four. Yeah, Florida State would be if it's, three if it's close, like a last second field goal, that sort of thing. I think they would put Georgia at three, and they would probably put Florida State at four, just so they could square up. A sure, Mich sure, a sure. Michigan yeah. Georgia. I matchup. see that. I see that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I see what you're saying. So you would think, okay, so his four officially are Michigan at one or two. The seating doesn't matter. Michigan, Florida State, Georgia, Washington. I look so forward no, to your letters. So no movement. No yes. movement in the top four at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's fun. I think since I have Georgia winning, Georgia stays number one. Since I have Oregon winning, I put Oregon at number two. I think Louisville, or I think Mich or sorry, Michigan will be number two. Oregon will jump up to three. Mm -hmm. 
Florida State's out because Louisville, I have beating them. Alabama's out. Um, five is or six is Ohio State. I don't think they make it. I think Texas jumps into the four spot. So it's going to be Georgia versus Texas and uh, Michigan versus Oregon. That would be a hell of a playoff. That'd be fun. I just can't wait till next year when we get 12. I mean, it's me either. That's going to be so much fun. Bob. Oh, we got a question. Oh, another question from Raul. Uh, Raul, my man. They mentioned on ESPN that Florida State doesn't belong because they would be competitive in the they they wouldn't be competitive in the playoffs since they lost their QB. And you guys kind of discussed this a little bit, but do you agree? I don't think Florida State should make it, and I th- I think it's really crappy. Uh, even if they win, I don't I wouldn't put Florida in if I was on the CFP. Um, because of their quarterback. Because of their quarterback situation. Rodemaker is not, just not good enough. He's not Jordan Travis, and Jordan Travis is the reason that they're under. Sure, but then you also, I mean, it's You're it's all it's yeah, but it's all about the best. It's the best four teams. Exactly. I mean, and you're going to tell me Florida State's better than Georgia yeah, or Alabama without their quarterback? If you have a backup quarterback come in and win, that is a team win. That's not on one guy. It's not one one player making it making it in in crunch time or something like that. It's like you've got a team that makes it. Look at uh, look at Texas. They're probably a more complete team because what Quinn Ewers sit out for a couple of weeks. You had Malik Murphy come in, and he got you a couple wins. So that that is a more team a complete team than somebody that's like, hey, it's all on the shoulders of this guy, and he if he goes down, well, ooh, so everybody hang on. I have a small amount of inside knowledge on this, only because, and I think I think that's just my opinion. Florida State probably would make it if they win, but in my opinion, they shouldn't because the the CFP is or the playoff committee is supposed to um, take them for their body of work and not for prognosticating or projecting forward um my professor when i was at asu paula boyvin um she was on the committee for the first couple of years Mm -hmm. and she told me at least and told us that it is a it is a body of work test you look at everything when it's your body of work you do not project forward at Mm -hmm. all you can't so even if it's going to be a crappy matchup and that's what they'll all say i think that even if it's a crappy matchup and Florida State's going to get trounced by Georgia, we've seen horrible matchups in the CFP before. We've Michigan, had blowouts. Michigan yeah. State has gotten killed. Notre, Notre Dame Notre has Dame. gotten killed. Yep. Like you've seen really bad playoff games before. Even last year, wasn't it TCU beat up on Michigan pretty bad? Or the final last year was Michigan or was uh, Georgia and TCU and yeah. Georgia put up what seventy, like sixty-five or whatever. But I think that if Florida State wins, they are in. I just don't think they're going to win. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even. Paul uh, Raul has one more comment. Uh, What's up, Raul? The man in the gray is the most intelligent man in the world regarding football. My oh, man. What? LOL. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I've been, oh, you agree? I agree. I think that that's a really good comment. You All know, right, we're closing comments. I will. Uh, I will borrow a phrase from from mike greenberg i my genius won't be appreciated until long after my time guys um <laughs> long after i'm gone you guys will be like you know matt really knew what he was talking about but on monday when all of my all of the teams i just picked are wrong you know raul join us back on monday i i just can't <laughs> wait for this weekend and have one i mean when when all these games play out and then and then let the you know let the pontificating begin where it's like no this team should be in that team that this is what makes it fun well you and i are going to be uh going head to head tonight because we're going to be sitting down there in sports we're going to be cutting sports along we're going to have the washington and oregon game on in the background and we're and we're (laughs) gonna we have and we're gonna figure out exactly where one of us is we're on we're on opposite ends (laughs) by the time we leave this this building tonight so all right bob any closing comments uh nothing nothing at all all right sweet
Uh, well, we appreciate everyone for joining us on the uh, first live edition of the Sneakers and Gleets podcast. This was really fun. Uh, hopefully, we can do this um, every time, more often. Uh, we, I don't know, we haven't really discussed it much, but you know, we'll we'll figure it out. Um, that's all we got for you on this Friday edition of the Sneakers and Gleets podcast. Since you are joining us live, hit that like button, hit that share, hit that subscribe. Um, give us a five star rating. Give us some feedback, Raul. We appreciate you. You're also you're the mega fan, and I need to get a Raul shirt now since you think <laughs> I'm so smart. Um, remember to download, re- rate, review, subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. We'll be back on Monday to discuss all of the happenings from the weekend and to uh, hopefully say that I'm really really smart. Um, until then, have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you later. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.